welcome to the Main Street Telegraph. Today is November 11th, 2018, and I'm your host, B. For any new listeners, the Main Street Telegraph is all about delivering Disney news in 15 minutes or less. Straight to the point and perfect for short car rides. So time is of the essence. Let's get started. A newborn baby was abandoned by its mother, Walt Disney World in Florida, last week. A woman handed another lady the child outside of the Animal Kingdom Lodge's lobby and then left. The child was taken to a hospital where it was found to be healthy, and later the mother was found and admitted for evaluation. Theme park spending has increased 5% worldwide, hitting a record $44.8 billion. As reported by Forbes, this is due to the, quote, experience economy, end quote, which is, quote, particularly common with millennials, end quote. In the 2018 Global Theme and Amusement Park Outlook Report from the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions, they cite how consumers seem to have an increased preference for experiences over material goods. An explanation for the uptick in park attendance, as well as our willingness to pay increased prices both at the ticket booth and inside the parks. Forbes also cited a Harris Poll survey conducted on behalf of Eventbrite, which is an online ticketing agency, in 2014, that found that 69% of millennials said that they experienced fear of missing out, also known as FOMO, by seeing photos and posts of what their friends had been experiencing. Now, I wouldn't take this poll super seriously, but it also isn't new to be jealous of someone you know's recent trips and vacations. It just used to be confined to conversation or being trapped in your neighbor's living room looking at vacation pictures you don't really care about. The IAAPA, the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions, expects spending in theme parks to grow by 6.5% annually over the next four years, hitting $60.5 billion in 2022. Disney's efforts to purchase 21st Century Fox continues as they got the go-ahead from the European Commission last week. There is a catch, though. Disney has to sell their interests on some European TV channels, including A&E Television Networks, History and its H2, Crime and Investigation, Blaze, and Lifetime channels. Disney's fourth quarter earnings came in, and of course, they've done really, really well better than forecasted. Revenue is at $14.31 billion. Of course, their stock went up a bit more after the announcement on Thursday. The revenue from their studios grew 50%, which is no surprise considering the absolute blockbuster hits they've been releasing. A few weeks back, the Main Street Telegraph reported on a ballot measure in Florida that, if approved, would make it so that any new casinos would have to be approved by a statewide ballot. And it passed. Disney had spent over $20 million campaigning for it, and the Seminole Tribe, who owns casinos and the Hard Rock brand, spent over $24 million. It paid off. We finally have a name for the upcoming streaming service coming late 2019, Disney+. Plus. Other tidbits confirmed by Iger is that it will be priced substantially below other streaming services and will feature some great exclusive content. There is concern about international viewing, but while there isn't official word on when it will be available for international fans, there is no way they would leave them out. But it does take a bit more work as they have to reacquire international distribution rights of some of its content. 
Will Disney ruin Netflix? I doubt it. But they have three options for viewers, Disney+, ESPN+, and Hulu. In a 2017 survey, it was found that 80% of US Netflix subscribers don't subscribe to other services. If we discount Amazon Prime. And rounding up, only 37% of Hulu subscribers, 29% of HBO Go subscribers, and 28% of CBS All Access subscribers are only signed up for that one service. Over half of folks paying for those services also pay for Netflix. It seems that, in general, folks only really want to pay for two, maybe three services at a time, but I think it would be a mistake not to realize that Disney has a bit of a leg up and providing content that many folks have confidence in, especially in regards to their children. Disney plans on removing a lot of content from Netflix in 2019 in preparation for the launch of their streaming service. New content will stop coming in March, and the rest will be pulled later in the year. So if there's anything you've been putting off, get to it. Titles currently available include Coco, Lilo and Stitch, the live-action Beauty and the Beast, A Wrinkle in Time, Moana, The Princess Diaries 1 and 2, Tarzan, most of the Pirates of the Caribbean films, Pocahontas, live-action 101 Dalmatians, Mulan, Hercules, and much, much more, which includes Disney Channel content and Marvel films. Availability does differ from country to country, so if you're outside of the U.S., what you can see may be different from what I can see. And while that may be okay for Netflix, Disney does not appear to be okay with that, hence why it may take a while for it to come to other countries. You can go to DisneyPlus.com now to register yourself to receive updates. On that homepage, Disney is touting Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. Speaking of Disney and Netflix content, here are some films available that fit into this holiday season for fans of all ages. For some great shorts, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, which is a collection of three charming stories, and Mickey's Magical Christmas snowed in at the House of Mouse, which brings together classic and new cartoons and culminates in Mickey's Christmas Carol, which is one of the ultimate holiday classics. Netflix also has Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas, which I have never seen, so I can't speak to it, but I'm sure the kids would enjoy it. Netflix also has the Walt Disney Short Films Collection, which is delightful and will mostly appeal to older viewers. Two that fit the season are the Frozen Fever Short and the Little Match Girl, which is incredibly tragic just to warn you. This is a wonderful collection though, if you haven't seen these shorts, you should go watch them. If you're looking for something live-action and not as on the nose, the live-action 101 Dalmatians is pretty perfect for the season. Last Thursday night, the Disney Parks blog streamed a Frozen Holiday Wish castle lighting event from Walt Disney World. If you missed it, don't worry, you can still watch it over at Disney Parks on YouTube. I will provide a link in the show notes to make it easier for you. The Nutcracker in the Four Realms did not have a stellar opening weekend, pulling in a little over 20 million. In comparison to another holiday film, an animated The Grinch, which raked in 66 million this weekend. Still, if we are directly comparing them, The Nutcracker has done better worldwide by around 20 million, but domestically The Grinch has made pretty much twice as much money in total so far. This comes after the poor opening weekends of a few other live-action films this year, like A Wrinkle in Time and Disney's Christopher Robin. 
If you're looking to spoil a little one in your life this holiday season, and perhaps the whole year through, there is now a Disney Princess subscription box available from ShopDisney.com. They are fairly pricey at either $50 or $75 a box, but I'm honestly a little impressed looking at the first box, which is all about Belle. It comes with a yellow ball gown, which you can order in a specific size. They offer sizes 3 through 10. The lower price box includes a read-along storybook with a CD, stickers and activities, a video greeting from Belle, and even a coupon for $10 off your next Shop Disney purchase of $50 or more. Not listed but shown in the photo is a yellow book, perhaps a blank notebook, and a pink rose. I don't know if that'll be in the box for sure or not. If you scale up to the $75 box, they claim you will receive two to three extras. For this box, it looks like a little chip figurine as well as a scepter and crown. And seeing pictures of them, I like the design and they look to be of nice quality, but I'm interested in seeing reviews from other people who do purchase it. While you can buy a single box at a time, this is a subscription service looking to send boxes every other month. And you can save money for buying them all at one time. Either a six month service with three boxes or one year, which is six boxes. If you're worried about the wrong sizes showing up as your little one grows, they do allow you to adjust that preference throughout the year. Disney has already started to campaign for the Oscars. They are looking for Black Panther to be considered in 16 categories, and Avengers Infinity War for 11 categories. Incredibles 2 for 11 categories, Mary Poppins Returns for 17 categories, and Ralph Breaks the Internet for 12 categories. Nominations are announced in January, and the award show will air February 24th, past my bedtime as usual. It's the holiday season, which means handmade candy canes will be available at Disneyland, and it just happens to be the 50th anniversary of the tradition. Disneyland is absolutely famous for these limited release treats, and people wait in long lines in order to purchase them. And I'll tell you now, they are gorgeous. If you're looking to get your hands on one, release dates and locations are as follows. The Candy Palace on Main Street, USA, November 23rd, 26th, 28th, and 30th, and December 3rd, 5th, 7th, 10th, 12th, 14th, 17th, 19th, 21st, and 24th. And at Trolley Treats at Buena Vista Street in California Adventure, November 24th, 27th, 29th, and 30th, and December 1st, 4th, 6th, 8th, 11th, 13th, 15th, 18th, 20th, 22nd, and 25th. So just about every other day. Get there early to receive a wristband, one allowed per guest, which will permit you to buy one candy cane that day. There are rumors circulating about possible themes for Disneyland's next Disney After Dark events. One is a 90s night, the decade of the Disney Renaissance. I can totally see this happening. After all, they just released a whole line of 90s Disney merchandise, which you can find over at ShopDisney.com. Another, inspired by the classic date night at Disneyland of the past, would be Sweetheart's Night. Now this is just a rumor, but certainly nothing far-fetched. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. You can find the Main Street Telegraph at MainStreetTelegraph.com, as well as Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And I'm looking to add TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Podbean. If you have a favorite app, let me know. I'd love to make it easier for you to listen. 
You can get in touch with me with concerns, criticisms, or just to say hi at MainStreetTelegraph at gmail.com. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. And if you love it, tell a friend. It is Veterans Day, and the Main Street Telegraph extends a deep thanks to all service members. To those facing hardships in California, I mourn with you. Listeners, if you can find it in your heart to donate to those in need, to a charity, or directly, I know any amount would help. Goodbye for now. See you next week.